You found yourself on another episode of Locked On Bulls. In today's episode, we're going to continue our player evaluations today with Io DeSumo. We're also going to talk about Coach uh, Mike Budenhauser being fired and what that could mean uh, for any teams in the Eastern Conference going forward. And then we're going to talk about 12 years since Derrick Rose won the MVP. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Bulls. Let's play the intro. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host, creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. Let's get into it. Io DeSumo, bro. We got we to gotta rate his season. Now, this is, man, um, you called it. Sophomore slump. Uh, ah, man, I just, I wish. I wish we- I had yeah, listen, sometimes you just got to shut up, Pat. That's just what it is. And you just got to shut up sometimes, bro. <laughs> um, now, numbers-wise, it wasn't really that far off from, from Mayo Desumo. The numbers are almost the same. Um, but if you've actually watched the games, you would see that Io Desumo couldn't hit a wide-open layup if 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 my nine-year-old son was guarding him this season. The defensive numbers took a step back as well. Um, just overall, Io was not nearly as impactful, even in the things that he did last season, which brings the most concern uh, in doing something like this, because you not only just want to see progression, but you can even deal with kind of a stagnating season. He came in, played a big role for the Chicago Bulls, much larger last season uh, than what was expected. But he came into this offseason being the de facto starting point guard. And I will say this, he earned the starting point guard role in the preseason because he was the best point guard play in the preseason. And that's really what Billy Donovan used to determine the starting point guard, but he also earned losing that starting position with the way that he played over the course of the season. Ultimately, Pat, how you viewing Pat? Uh, Pat, how you view an IO uh, season this season? Um, I mean, listen, it, it, C minus, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like we spent the, the, the problem for me is the fact that there were more nights than not where he just didn't make an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, there weren't a ton of nights where he was impacting crazy negatively offensively, I guess. Right. Like just not adding anything to it. The one thing that the one thing, though, that I, I think that you, you have to really focus in on is the fact that the defender that he once was completely took a step back. Now, granted, change and roll, all of a sudden he's a starting point guard full-time. They're putting a lot more on his plate. They're trying to see what he can handle. But realistically, right, He Io didn't play well this season. Even Io would tell you that he didn't play well this season. Yeah. Um, never was able to get never was able to get the shot together, never was able to get consistent uh, production inside the paint, um, wasn't a great facilitator for the team, wasn't a great... Uh, uh, leader or uh, for the offense, somebody that can run the ball and uh, or run the system, I should say. And, and that's why he lost his job to Pat Bev. That's why we went looking for Pat Bev. If Io DeSumo could have done anything this season that was impactful for the Chicago Bulls, we wouldn't have gone out and signed Pat Bev. The season mm-hmm. might have gone a little bit different, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it changes completely, but I think that you're, you're looking at a, a season where you're not talking about we're not talking about going out and getting a 36-year-old veteran point guard to Sounds try boring. and push us to the next level. Um, I, 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 to me, uh, just had a poor season. I, I, and listen, I, 
I told I, when I said this in the beginning of the season or in the preseason last year, I was very dang Seattle about to uh, make a comeback in the NHL playoffs. Crazy. Uh, I was very big on um, on. I don't want this to happen, but this happens to a lot of players. Sophomore slump is not something new. And it's really just the fact that, right, you're coming in with maybe not the same mindset that you had your rookie year, but you come in with that mindset of, all right, listen, I know what to expect now. I know how they're going to attack me. I know what this is going to be. And then they come up with something completely different. I think teams found a different way to attack IO. People now have a year's worth of tape to study you offensively and defensively. Now, right, the guys that you were locking down last year defensively, they know how to attack you. They know what to expect. They know, okay, this guy was a top-tier defender. We can get past him. The real question is, will IO be able to adjust going into next season if he if he's still a Chicago Bull? And I don't know if I don't know if he will be or not. But even even so, right? If he's still in the league, when he's still in the league, will he be able to adjust his mindset to okay? I see how they were playing me here. Now this is how I bounce back. That's not easy for a young player to do during the season, especially in the second season. Hopefully, this offseason he'll get a lot more work in to be able to adjust back and become the player that he once was. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Io, he did add considerable. I can't remember the number now off the top of my head. I know he came in after adding a lot of muscle to his body, and not to say that that's mm -hmm. an excuse for anything, but when you're still trying to adapt, um, uh, I mean, the, the NBA and the the key to longevity at, to NBA careers is always adding something to your game, always adapting to what's being done to you as well as what other teams are doing. So, um, you know, Io's a smart player. I do think that, you know, we have one season of promise and we have another season of some struggles. And I think like third, fourth season is really going to be telling. The, the thing that it, it, I always come back to with Io is that this is why you – and a player that you believe there's some promise in, you don't give them a two-year deal coming in and being a, 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 a second-round pick. Like, I understand yeah. some second-round picks you give a two-year deal to, but this is why the Bulls are, you know, probably kicking themselves for not giving him the three-year deal because at that point then um, you, you, you had two seasons. You have another season of evaluation before you do have to lock them into long-term money. Now they yeah. have to use the data, the data that they have and try to make a determination there, and you can make the wrong one. Just period. You could literally make a decision to either keep him or let him go, and that decision could very well turn out wrong because the one thing that's hard to factor in is progression. And so, you know, Io's a gym rat. He is he is a heady player as well, so I do think he is going to – we can't expect him to come in and really give that best effort to, to, to not have another slump, but you just never know, man. I think in grading Io's season, I have to be fair. Um, bro, I – I heard you give it a C minus, and I and I rep, and I like that, but it's a D to me, man. Not only just because of his play on the court, but because of the expectations. Now, expectations aren't necessarily on the player at all, but yeah. I, I, but I mean, listen, you came in as the starting point guard. There is a certain level of expectation, whether you are a second round pick or anything else. When you come in as the starter, there's there's starter expectations around you, and you failed to to give us that. So yeah. No, I, I listen, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think here's the thing, though, that I guess, right, like if you're going to have a bad season, now's the perfect time from a bull standpoint a to have for you to have that season. Right. Because he can't come out here demanding big money. Yeah. He yeah. can't sit here, beat his chest about what he did his rookie year. Um, You could get I.O. for a little bit of a discount, maybe keep him here in Chicago for three, four years, right, and, and get him on a discounted deal to where maybe there's a player option on year four to where, listen, if you develop, if you do these things, if you meet these metrics, we can come back to the mm -hmm. table. We could change things up, even if it's in year three, right, it, and and he can 
opt in to to keep going or opt out. Like I think those are those are things where like all right, listen, we we got this young guy. Um, we'll give you two more years of guaranteed bread on the team at this price. If you exceed the expectations, we can do this. If you meet expectations, we'll keep you at the same. If you're below expectations, you can do this. Right? And, and you can opt in and get your bread and keep trying to work on your game. But I think that the Bulls have an opportunity here to hold on to Iowa, which is something that we didn't think coming into the season was going to be easy mm. because we were we were sitting here with the mindset of Iowa's going to come in with the same type of play. He's going to come in ag- more aggressively defensively, going to have a better offensive game, and now all of a sudden we're sitting here talking about having to pay a starting point guard while Lonzo Ball is sitting on the sidelines. That's not the case here. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it could work out because if Io still does hit on that potential, like um, the Bulls have an opportunity to sign him for much less than what they would have if he did have a great second second year. Uh, I think that the way that I'm starting to, my, my thinking is starting to go is I think they're going to try to align everything around the time Lonzo Ball's contract is supposed to come out. So a two, yeah. maybe even a two plus one for Io wouldn't surprise me at all this offseason. Yeah, I, I something like that exactly right. A two plus one, I, I think that would be perfect for for kind of where he's at. I mean, like, listen, I I don't think that I I don't like that Marco got the the big three year deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because to me, this is the guy that you want to see. Okay, what are you going to be able to do in year three? Yeah. What are you going to be able to do to add to your game in year three? How are you going to be? Because that's what it's all about, right? Like during the season, again, you're not working on a ton. You're just trying to get ready for the next game. But the thing is, how are you reacting to what the NBA has done to you? Especially him being that young and him trying to find himself. He probably put all the pressure on himself to try and get himself back into it immediately. He's the lead point guard. All of these things are, are working against him at once. He's not making the impact that he thought he once would. Right, like it goes to the it goes from being something you can do physically to something you're doing mentally. Now, I think with an offseason, him being able to watch the tape on what people did to him, you'll be able to see him adjust back a little bit. Hopefully, have that bounce back here. I think he will have a bounce back here. But now you got to figure out about paying him. Yeah, you got to figure out about paying him now. So, hey, that's a, that's a a conversation. I'm glad that we don't have to be a part in the newly extended AK gets to have that conversation and make that determination <laughs> when it comes to Io DeSumo. But all right, man, next up, we're going to be talking about Co- uh, Coach Mike Budenhauser getting fired. But before we do that, got to talk to you guys about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add uh, your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win the uh, win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items and exclusions do apply. I like how you tried to do the quick joke, but you weren't able to get it out. Yeah, I was laughing because I, I mentally said, I'm about to try to do the quick joint. And then I was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> well, try to get him next time. Try to get him next time. Uh, well, one one person who will not try to get him next time is Dang, Coach Mac <laughs> from Milwaukee because he got canned today. Now, this is a guy who has won a title. Uh, this is uh, Nick Nurse also got fired this offseason after he was a championship winning coach as well. And apparently, Apparently, 
the Bucks have Nick Nurse as the top of their uh, list to replace uh, Coach Bud. But uh, ultimately, like, you know, we see Coach Bud a lot. Being Chicago Bulls fans and, and monitoring this team, we see them four times a year. Last year, we also saw them in the playoffs. Um, how you feeling about uh, Coach Mike Budenholzer and, and what Milwaukee has going on there? Um, listen, Bud's not a good coach. Like, <laughs> like he's actually not a good coach. Like, I, I, I haven't seen Bud adjust since Atlanta. <laughs> he just had a generational talent. Right, like I actually think Nick Nurse is a a, a decent X's and O's coach. I Especially think he's an above average X's, X's and O's coach, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think he's kind of very much like Billy Donovan where he takes too long to adjust. But I actually think, like Bud's actually, to me, a bad coach. Like I don't, like what what is, again, once again, what does Bud do well? Like is he a good offensive coach? I mean, he's not terrible, but no, I wouldn't say he's good either. Like, uh, Is he a good defensive coach? He's okay. I'll say this: the thing that Bud does do well, because I actually have an answer to this. Honestly, the thing he, I think he does do well, is he does manage the depth correctly on that team. I, I do like how he used the depth. I, 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 I like his rotations. Yeah. I don't like what he has them out there doing. That's fair. And I don't think that there's much that kind of really goes right. Like we haven't seen a change. Like listen. The same way to beat the Milwaukee Bucks last year was the same way to beat the Milwaukee Bucks this year. It was the same way to beat the Milwaukee Bucks three years ago. It was the same way to beat the Milwaukee Bucks four years ago. Yeah, Mike. So Mike, as far as adjustments, right? And we, you know, we have our issue with adjustments here. Uh, Mike Budenhauser's adjustments is let me change the the lineup. That's what he yeah. feels like is an adjustment. It doesn't do anything with the scheme. It's like let me just change the personnel that's out there. Yeah. So and, and that's what I'm saying, right? Like you know, right? Like the Bucks are going to collapse the paint. They're going to try and play. Make sure that you get nothing inside. They're going to make your life hell inside. And the, and the only way that you're going to beat them is by knocking down the threes. Yeah. Agreed. Milwaukee or uh, Miami came out and knocked down threes. That's you're tough. not in the playoffs no more. That's And the one game that Milwaukee came back and dominated, y'all, they didn't knock down threes. So I just, I just feel like, right, like there is a – like you, you knew what it was. You knew how to beat this team going into it. It's just about executing it, and that's very hard to do when you got Giannis guarding you and you got Drew Holiday on the perimeter. But then, right, you got Jimmy Butler just saying, "Hey, it is what it is. I'm gonna do everything I can. 45 on your top. Take this with you." Yeah, I mean, he scored 95 points on. I think was it 95 or 85 on Drew Holiday in two games. That's, that's insane. Wild, and Drew Holiday might get traded. They might have traded Drew Holiday. Out of that, by the way, sit him here. I take Drew Holiday in a heartbeat. No, all but, day, all day, all day, all day, all night. Uh, but I just, I, I, to me, Bud didn't change anything that the Bucks could have done to be better. He didn't mm. make the Bucks better. I'm not surprised that he's fired. Um, as a Bulls fan, though, and somebody who covers the Bulls, I am upset because I did like the fact that we probably could beat them because I knew Bud wasn't going to change anything. And I do think it's the reason that we beat them three times. <laughs> or did we beat them twice? twice. Was it, I think was it, it was twice. I think it was, was it two -two? Yeah, I think it was But like, we weren't supposed to beat them. We yeah. weren't supposed to beat them. But then we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so ultimately, man, I mean, listen, I understand why he's fired. Like you said, uh, they get to move on. Honestly, surprised they didn't try to pull the trigger earlier so that they could have gotten um, Ime Doka in there. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. And we lost Pat. I'm, uh, I'm still here. My battery died. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, like as Pat is working on his battery. Uh, that's, that's wild, bro. That's funny.
I'll wait on you. I'll just, we'll just edit it in. Yeah, we'll edit this part out. That's why I be using the dummy batteries. But in fairness to the camera, had you showed up on time, motherfucker. I mean, hey, that's that's very fair. That is that is, that is fair. All right, let's get this mud done for this John Doe. <laughs> I don't even got a hold left off. What, what was uh, you saying? was talking about uh, you was talking about Bud. Uh, you understanding why Bud was fired? Okay, yeah, I, like so, I, I definitely understand why why Bud was fired, and I think you know you have you have to make a move there. Uh, that's very understandable, and you know ultimately when it comes down to it, Bud inherited a, a team, as you said, with a generational talent. And that just kind of is what it is. You got to move on from there. Uh, I don't know if he is going to get another job. I wonder if, do you think at all that the Milwaukee Bucks uh, are kind of kicking themselves? They didn't make the decision uh, quicker and got emailed Doka? Or do you think that they, they, they always had Nick Nurse maybe penciled in as their guy? I think they probably always had Nick Nurse penciled in as their guy. Y'all know how Milwaukee is, right? Like, yeah. they don't want to have no problems. And plus, it's a very close in this city. Maybe you don't want E-May just rolling around that month. Like, you know what I mean? I like, mean, you could yeah. just You could just see Giannis at the supermarket. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might not, <laughs> you might not just want to see E-May at the club. Like, E-May, what you doing? Y'all got a game tomorrow. <laughs> Put that down. <laughs> Put her down. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but. I, I don't know, man. Like, as far as the as far as the coaching search goes with Milwaukee, I just I I think that they're a um. It's not that hard, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you got to just find somebody competent. You got Giannis, right? Like, you have to find Frank Vogel has an NBA championship. That's wild. What so, I will say is this though, right before we before we get up out of this segment, um, do you? Like and or dislike where the NBA is going, where you're talking about three championship head coaches, Frank Vogel, Nick Nurse, now Mike Budenholzer, being fired within two to three years of them winning a championship. I know it's a what have you done for me lately league, mm -hmm. but the disrespect is kind of crazy. Damian Lillard was tweeting about this. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is wild uh, that you can win a title. But I think when you look at all those coaches, like Nick Nurse took advantage of having Kawhi in a perfect situation, kind of uh, just what was going on there. That that team, the team they faced, also just everybody's knees just all went out at the same time uh, yep. when they faced the Warriors. Frank Vogel uh, had a bubble title. And then you're looking at, at Budenheiser, who had a generational talent and then couldn't do nothing else after that. So, I mean, yeah, there's something to be said, but let's not act like like these three coaches that did win a title. Like, they they had, like, dynasties. They didn't. They just, they almost. I feel like, I feel like if you if Nick Nurse keeps, I mean, listen, you got to have a superstar. I feel like if Nick yeah. Nurse keeps Kawhi, he could keep winning. I th yeah, I do. I think I think when you even when you look at how good they still were after Kawhi left, right? They weren't terrible. Yeah. Uh, if they, if they would have been able to at least run it back with two more seasons with Kawhi, not to say they would have won more titles, but I think they would have gone on deep playoff runs for sure. So, 
What I will say is uh, Masai Ujiri was not thrilled with how Nick Nurse left. Said when he got out of there, he was like, good luck with these guys. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not I mean, wrong. yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes. Good luck. OG Ananobi. OG um, Ananobi. Yeah. Now, with that said, though, uh, I know Bulls fans, and this is a Bulls show, so let's bring it back to Bulls before we get out of this segment. We've got a couple minutes left. Um, no, we don't want but. Oh, my bad. I no, thought no, that's no, 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 no. <laughs> Bro, you just gave me a heart attack. You talked about it on, on uh, yesterday's show, but, like, going from a, a, a okay coach to an actual bad coach is what the That'd Bulls do. That'd be terrible. Do. Don't That'd do it. That'd be terrible. Um, but uh, there are going to be Bulls fans that ask. All right, we have teams that have fired coaches that have won titles. We have struggled in in a full season and half of one season with with Billy Donovan. What do you think? Like, does this speak to anything on what that timeline could be for Billy Donovan? Like, I know we're a completely different type of organization. Like Jerry Ryan. So if you in with Jerry, you can stay for life. But what do you what do you think feeling there? Hey man, it's like you said when you found out he that Billy was texting Jerry at like three a.m. with his feet kicked up in the bed. You know what I mean? Like it's not going that's nowhere. all you needed to know. That's job security, bro. That's all you needed to know, right there, bro. Yeah. Nah, I don't think he's going anywhere. And here's the thing: I think the difference is right. You have a finite timeline. Mm. Giannis is already talking about he's not going to be one of those guys that plays till he's thirty-eight years old. Um, if he retired right now, he could have a Hall of Fame career. So you're trying to win as much as you can with Giannis. We don't have a Giannis. I love Zach. He ain't Giannis. He's not even close to Giannis. He, like he there's may be, probably maybe Giannis's left arm. There's probably he's closer to Thanasis than he is to Giannis. This that's scarily accurate, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like facts there might be facts. thirty people. There might be. Well, that's actually not true. Thanasis is bottom of the league. He shouldn't have a job. But uh, he's closer to Giannis than he is to Thanasis. That was disrespectful. But it, I think here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, to me, Brown gonna get you in the comments. Hey, who cares? Uh, <laughs> talk about that defensive rating. No, but uh, I, I think that um, if you have a guy like that, you have to win to keep them happy. Yeah. I don't think we have a guy like that. If we had a guy like that, different situation. So yeah. right now, right, like if Zach's winning 48 games a year and they're going out and competing every year, trying to fight to get to the next level, Philly's going to be here. All right, well, there you go, man. Let's get into the next topic for today before we leave out today. And, you know, it's always good when you get to talk about Derrick Rose, especially old times. We were 12 years removed from Derrick Rose winning an MVP. And there is nothing that you could not have told me on the day that Derrick Rose won that MVP that we would not win a title in Derrick Rose's time here in Chicago. Everything came crashing down over the course of the next season after that. I would say this. Derrick Rose, and I think people forget because he was kind of in and out with injury that following season, but Derrick Rose was a better basketball player the year after he won the MVP. Yes. He and, was a he was a guy that that saw the court better. Yeah. He wasn't just attacking. Yeah. I, I don't I honestly think that was the season. It and it's funny to say that you could say like an MVP year, but like I think the game slowed down for for Derrick the year after he won MVP. Because when you just look at just how he was moving out there, how he's picking his spots better, like and just being even more of an assassin than what he already was, and that's why it's always it's always bittersweet to talk about this because I always go to thinking then like, what if Derrick Rose actually got to have a prime? We're talking about a player that never got to have a prime but won an MVP award. Um, yeah. Man, the woulda, coulda, shouldas would drive you crazy when it comes to that, man. It sucks, but I mean, listen, I, we we got to see it, we got to enjoy it. I I enjoyed Derek for what he was in the city. One day we'll be celebrating him going into the Hall of Fame. That's gonna happen. Just accept it, T Max in, and um, you know, like I, 
that's that's what it's going to be. That's what the legacy is going to be. I will say, you know, maybe one day he comes home. Maybe he comes home and plays a season for us. Maybe that's this season. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Um, but we actually have a need for point guard. He's probably going to come a lot cheaper than he once did. But um, I, I, I think that the Derrick Rose era will always be what it hap- what it was when he was, what, 24, 23? Yeah, something like that. And it, it, it won't be whatever it, it once becomes, right? Like, the, the hard part about seeing Derrick, the hard part but the encouraging part about seeing Derrick go to the MVP, get to, to have, have two ACL surgeries, have issues with the MCL, have countless injuries throughout his career, but see him fight back every single time. You ain't seen Derrick Rose quit. You've never seen Derrick Rose quit. And I give Derrick Rose a lot of credit for that. I mean, we did see him take a brief break there, but I think he needed that for mentally for more than anything. But when he came back, that Cleveland year was rough on him, uh, both physically and I think mentally. And then he came in that first Minnesota year uh, as well. But that was at at a time where Brown was taking two-week vacations every season. I give him a little flat credit on that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I ain't (laughs) I don't don't, didn't say that it's like crap on Derrick because, like, it is what it is. Like, when you look at everything Derrick Rose had been into, like, over the course of, like, three seasons all in a row at that point in time, like, take that time. We've seen it, like, players do it, yeah, within season, but sometimes you got to get that mental right. But I think once Derrick Rose got his mental back together, we saw a player that that still gave everything. Like, what, he had that, was it Was it a 40-point game off the bench for Minnesota once that one season he was with? 50-point game. 50, crazy. He had a 50-point game in Minnesota. So, like. When he came back, he was like, I worked myself, bro. Yeah. And we was all just like. Yeah, bro. Like, that was emotional, man. Bring him home. Yeah. And, you know, the, every offseason there's the Derrick, how we bring Derrick Rose back bring playing. And I understand it to a degree. But like you said, this would be the season that it makes the most sense. If it does happen, if it's going to happen at all in a way that it's like, hey, Derek's going to come back and actually play a role, this is the offseason that it could happen. I will say that. I don't. I think- thought last season made a lot of sense. All until Thibs gave him that money. Well, was that last season or is that the year before? That was the One year before. Because honestly, before. I think that they were trying. Because if you if you remember. Yeah. The Bulls, there had been that conversation. And then yeah. once the, the deal was announced <laughs> in New York, an hour later, we announced Alice Caruso for basically the same deal. Hey, that man got $80 million. We was all like, mm, yeah. I love you, Derek, but mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, if he is cut, because he's partially guaranteed uh, this offseason, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second before we go. We've talked about the point guard position. Let's say yep. that they that Kobe does come back, right? Because I and they bring Derek not as the starter, but as the point guard off the bench. So they can do a lot of the ball. A lot of the things Kobe, because everything went through Kobe on the bench by the end of the season. Yep. How impactful do you think Derrick Rose could be when you look at a a, a bench that then at, probably will include P. Will? We don't know. But uh, P. Will will still have some other questions. Maybe Andre Drummond will still be there on the bench. Dalen Terry will be here regardless, and hopefully he's ready to play a big role. If Derrick Rose does sign with the Chicago Bulls this offseason, do you think it is a vanity signing, or do you think he actually comes in and has a role on this team where he's getting a set amount of minutes night in and night out? I think he'd have a role on this team. I don't think it'd be major. I think it'd be like, you know, 15 minutes a game, something okay. something where he's able to come in. And, and But here's the thing, right? I think Derek, I think what we've seen in New York is Derek's ready to be the vocal leader. Mm. 
He's ready to be the guy to tell you, hey, this is what you need to be doing in this situation. This is where you we don't have that. It, yeah. the, the one thing that I I don't know if y'all y'all saw Damian Lillard. Um, I forget who's pod, maybe he was on Pivot, one of those podcasts. But he he talked about how like there's no vets on any teams anymore. He's like, when I came into the league, it was I had like dudes on my team that was 40 years old. It's like, but they were there for a reason. They were there to teach you the game. They were there, they get in, they do their little thing. And then really realistically, they're there to calm you down, make you better. Right. Like we're sitting here with all these young people on the team. And yeah, we got some vets now. We got Vooch, we got Damar, uh, we got Zach, who's a vet in his own right. You know what I mean? Like he's been in the league, he's almost been in the league 10 years now, I think. Um Damn. But I don't think any, we had that guy that was going to be the vocal, hey, man, this is what we need to do in this situation. This is how we need to handle this. this is what, and I think that uh, Derrick Rose finally became that when he went to New York. Um, we see he had the impact that he's had with the point guards there, with Brunson, with Quickly, right? Not to say that those guys were bad, but I feel like they're more poised in this situation this season now. And you see Derrick talking to him on the sidelines all the time. So yeah. I think that that is something that, that you could benefit from. Do I think that if he came here, he would play? Right over there, they're not playing him at all. But do I think that if he came here, he, coming here, Derek would probably play. I don't know, Billy B. Billy B. Wallace. He'd probably play backup Billy center. My, He's Billy backup my, center. right? You know what I mean? He'd be play backup center. Billy playing thirty five minutes a game. Uh, I th- I think he'd play about fifteen to twenty minutes a game somewhere in there, right? Nothing crazy. Nothing. We- I I I just think you don't want Derrick Rose playing more than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't want. Honestly, I think anything over eighteen minutes per game is probably too much for Derrick Rose, unless he just comes in and flashes some things that we haven't gotten to see because he hasn't played much in in New, uh, in New York. But uh, ultimately, like I said, uh, to just kind of bring it all back, the, the Derrick Rose era for some Bulls fans, I think we got to forget that is their dynasty era. Not to say that we were a dynasty, but like for a lot of younger Bulls fans, that is their height of being a Bulls fan is yeah. that era. So there's always going to be affinity for Derrick. There's always going to be every offseason can Derrick come back. I even said this over on Twitter once. Derrick Rose could retire for at least the first three years after he retires. There's still going to be, hey, could you think Derrick Rose will come back and, and, and add something to this team? <laughs> um, we'll talk about it every offseason. Hey, off I ain't going to lie to you. I still want Rondo. What Rondo got going on? I'll take Rondo. It's going to be like with... with um, Rondo with, got uh, dreads now. That's weird. Rondo has dreads? He got like the starter joints in his head. Give All it, right. give it, Give it four years. You're going to see Rondo draping with the hair down his back. Forehead still big than a mug, though. Oh, of course, that doesn't go away. So that means say like the dreads is here. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of foil like mud. Like, you know what I mean? LeBron <laughs> added dreads. He, like, it would. Can you add be, dreads to implants? It. All right, bro, it's time to go, man. Go ahead. Hey, and follow us on everything at Locked On Bulls. <laughs> you can follow me on everything at Path the Designer. I know a doctor in Turkey that can get it done. <laughs> You can follow me. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. You never go see me bald, bro. I swear. If it start going bad, oh yeah, I'm going to Turkey. <laughs> ten bands, bro. Ten bands. You're not bringing your hairline back for ten bands. You gonna tell me that right now? I'm not afraid to go bald. So I guess this. Is something I'm not I afraid worry, to bro. go. I'm not afraid to go bald either. Because like but... me, after it gets past a certain point, I'm shaving it all off, bro. And I'm letting the beard get even bigger. But I, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right? Like, <laughs> hey, they did it. never mind. I'm just saying though. Right? Like. If if you got the band, like you if you got spare bands to do it, you're not gonna bring your hair back. No, I'm cool. Really? I really have no like I'm no, I'm 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 good on it's going not back. even it's not even a to me, it's not even a uh what's it called? It's not even like a, a vanity thing. Like I gotta have my hair. Like I if I start to lose it and I ain't got the bread to do it, it's gone. Like I'm yeah. out of here. But I feel like if I got the bread to do it, like Why bring not? that job back. Once Deion Sanders did it, then I gotta fade again. Bro. Bro, then I got a nice fade with waves. 
that's, that's, that's different, man. But yeah, there's a lot of people doing like, I, like see, you did a podcast with Tommy Harris. He got dreads. And I'm just like, I think Tommy could grow hair the whole time. I don't think he got implants, bro. I feel like, I feel, I, I feel Tommy like, always had the ball fade, but it wasn't like the Doc Rivers where the middle was missing. Like, he I, he, he always got it thick. You know what? Maybe it's the helmet. Maybe they just don't want to deal with yeah. it because the helmet. So then when they don't have to deal with it, they grow it out. And it's like, yeah, that's always weird to me. But anyway, you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes and CEO H-A-I-Z-E. As you've <laughs> we been now too deep tuned in at Hair Implant Central. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for making Locked On Pools your first listen every day even through the offseason where we still bringing that fire content every single day. We will see you guys on Monday for Pat the Designer. I'm Hayes. This has been Locked on Bulls. We out, y'all. Peace. Peace. If Kyle Lowry can get a BBL, I'm getting here. I ain't messing with it. Somebody tell Zion to get one.